most, uh, you know, we, st we still have our doors open on Sunday night, and, and I know a lot of churches don't. And a lot of them would close down because of this crowd that's here tonight. Of course, usually we have more than this when the rest of them are back, but uh, I'm not making excuses for that. But we still have a small crowd on Sunday night. You know, we can have 100 or so in here on Sunday morning, get back and have 20 or 25 on Sunday night, and, and that's about it. And that's what I hear from all pastors just about. Um, if I'm able to do it and can do it, I like to be in church. I'm kind of wondering what would happen if the Lord came back on Sunday night and I'm sitting at home with my feet up watching TV or watching a movie somewhere or another. I'm mean. I can tell you that right now. I know we've got preachers sitting in here tonight, but you ain't none of you mean as I am because, you know, I feel like that uh, we need not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching is what the Bible says, not to forsake the assembling together. So it's kind of bad tonight if you've got a, a million-dollar church sitting there and only use two hours, hour and a half a week. So uh, get all the use you can out of these churches. Go to church and enjoy, and enjoy the blessings of the Lord and, and enjoy fellowship with each other. I just like to come to church and pick on Mike, if nothing else, you know, and and, uh, you know, that's a blessing to me, so uh, I'll get him later. Anyway, I'm going back to a chapter in Daniel's writing, and I didn't give it to the guys in the booth. Um, they're great. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate George and Kenan so much for what they do up there. I know that's a job, and I appreciate it. But I'm going to the 10th chapter of Daniel, and uh, I know them. They'll have it on the screen before it's over with, so you can read it up there. But I want to read that to you tonight, and I'm, I'm probably going to read more than I have ever read in my life from the pulpit at the beginning of a message or anything, and, and my message is going to be very brief. This is going to be my message mostly. It's on the screen. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, now remember we're here tonight to pray. Sometimes it takes fasting and prayer. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding in, of the vision. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine into my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till the th three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is a decadal, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of you pass, you has. His body also was like beryl, and his face is the appearance of lightning. His eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Stop there for just a moment. 
This description that Daniel is giving here, he didn't say this was an angel that appeared unto him. He said it was a man. Now, don't cut me off until you get something through here. He said it was a man that appeared before him. He gave a description there by this time. Daniel was probably 85 years old. He'd, he'd lived through his entire 70 years of Babylon, uh, Persian captivity. But this vision that he had of this man is practically the same description of the one given of Jesus in Revelation. Now, you've got to admit that Jesus didn't start in Bethlehem. Jesus started at the very beginning because the Bible says he created all things and without him was nothing created. In other words, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son created all things through power, I believe, and maybe God the Father was the architect, but the writer says that Jesus created all things. Am I right or wrong? He created all things. So he was there from the beginning. He's the very one that appeared to Jacob. He's the one that knocked Jacob's hip out, and, and he's the one that changed his name. He's the one that, you know, told him what was going to happen to him. The Bible doesn't say an angel was, Jacob wrestled with an angel. It said he wrestled with a man. And so that man had to be Jesus. Also the three Hebrew children, they were cast in a fiery furnace. But the king looked in and saw four. And he see, I, I see a fourth man in there, and he is likened to the Son of God in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children. I cast them in bound, and my men did. It killed the men that threw them in. The fire was so hot. But here's four men walking, and they're loose, and they're walking. And we like to say that the three Hebrew children got out of the fire, but Jesus is still in the fire when we get thrown in there, he's in there with us and for us to help us get out. So he's still in there. But Jesus has made appearances all through the Old Testament, only he was just called a man in there. So don't look at me like this. Some of you look at me like I just fell off a turnip truck. I got this out of the Bible. And Jesus, Jesus was there, and Daniel is describing him as being the same one that was in Revelation, which was Jesus over there. He said his body was like the barrel, his face has the appearance of lightning, his eyes like lamps of fire, his arms and feet like in color of polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Let's read on. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard, yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set, upon, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hand. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, listen to this, 
Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, twenty-one days, three weeks, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. The prince of Persia is a prince of the world. Uh, 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 what uh, I can't find the word right now. Kind of a duplicate of the devil, of Satan, the prince of Persia. Because the princes of this world, we fight against that. The princes and powers of this world, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against them. There are powers in this world. You, you and I tonight cannot imagine the forces that the devil has on the face of the earth right now. It'd be hard to imagine. He has power. Let's don't give him any credit. I won't even spell his name with a capital D. We don't want to give him any credit at all. He is sorry, low down. He's a liar. And as I said this morning, we need to send him straight to hell. That's where he belongs. And he's, he's not anything tonight except a troublemaker to stir up everything. He's got even this nation stirred completely up. Because we want to do away, some of them in this country want to do away with God, with everything it stands for, with all this nation fought for. It's nothing in the world but the devil. That's all it is. You call it any name you want to, but it's nothing in the world but Satan tried to destroy. But let me tell you something. We have got a vision tonight of a heavenly home, and I know a Christ tonight that's able to go over top of the devil and all of his imps, all of his angels, and everything he's got, and he's going to give us victory, 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 I know there's victory for us tonight. Well, you know, we have already won the war. We just got a few battles to get through before we get there. And it's going to work. That, but he said here, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for three, for one and twenty days, which is three weeks. But lo, Michael came. Now, he's one of the chief princes out of heaven to help me. You got Michael and Gabriel and, and, and all those angels up there. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the multitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Didn't he come as the son of man to this earth? Huh? He came to the son, as the son of man to this earth. My Lord, this is him all over in Daniel here. And spake unto me, O my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. For now how can the servant of this, my Lord, talk with this, my Lord? For as for me straightway there remained no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. Then there came again and touched me, and one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me, and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear Two pages, one don't work. I ought to be reading it off the screen. Uh, and when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened, and he said unto me, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Next. Then he said, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee, and now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Greece shall come. Next. But I will show thee that which is noted in the Scripture of truth, and that there is none that holdeth with me in these things, 
But Michael, you're prince. Go. That's all. You're exactly right. That's all. You can't add no more to it, can you? This is the entire chapter, chapter 10 of Daniel. Now, let's go back for just a moment there before we have prayer. Daniel was praying and fasting for three weeks, right? Just read it. He was praying and fasting for something to happen. The first day Daniel prayed, his prayer was heard in heaven. Am I right or wrong? Y'all sitting there tonight like whatever. (laughs) He prayed and his prayer was answered the first day, but he didn't know that because the call or the answer had not been received in his body, in his strength. So he kept on praying and kept on fasting. For three solid weeks, this man fasted and prayed for an answer, for understanding, for an answer to the prayer that he was asking the Lord for. And at the end of that three weeks, the Son of Man, I believe with all of my heart, appeared unto him and said, I was delayed by the forces of the world, by the things that are out there. But he said, I heard your prayer the first day. He could have stopped praying that day. The prayer would have been answered, no doubt. But he didn't get that message, and he prayed on and prayed on and prayed on. I have had people come to me and say, if you ask the Lord for something one time, why don't you put faith enough in him to believe it that one time and let it go and let him answer that prayer his way? And then there are others that say, we need to keep ringing the prayer bells of heaven until our prayers are answered. In one of Jesus' episodes, he talked about this woman that was worrying the king. And she kept worrying and worrying and worrying and worrying him until he finally answered her prayer, answered her need, whatever. Which leads me to believe that there's times that we need to keep on talking to him. If the prayer is heard and being answered, it doesn't hurt me to keep on praying and holding on to God for that answer. And I pray many times and say, Lord, I want you to answer this, but answer it in the way you want to answer it and make me willing to accept the way that you answer it. Because there's been times I prayed the wrong way. Is anybody guilty of that besides me? Prayed more than one time and found out later if God had answered my prayer the way I wanted him to, it would have been totally wrong. Brother David, he knows how to answer prayer. I don't know tonight why you went through what you went through this week and you will continue to go through it. I don't understand that. I can't can't walk up to you and say, I know how you feel. Because I don't know how you feel. My wife is sitting over here. And if I'd gone through it, then I would know. But I don't know. But I know one thing. She was a child of God. And right now, tonight, she's shouting on the hills of glory in the presence of the Almighty God. I believe that tonight with all of my heart that we leave this whole life and we breathe that last breath. We are going to be in the presence of the Almighty God. You might say, oh, She's laying over in the cemetery in Christiansburg. She's in that cemetery, and she won't come out until 
the trumpet sound. I beg your pardon tonight. The Bible said when the thief on the cross will ask for forgiveness, the Lord said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. This day, not a thousand years from now, not whatever, but we're going to be with me right now. But one of these days, yes, that grave will burst open. Yes, that body will arise, a, a glorified body, a new life to show the world that the graves are not going to hold down the people of God. There is no way tonight that a grave is going to keep a child of God there because right now they're up there, but God's going to bring them all back with him. He's going to rapture everybody out of the ground, and those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever, 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 ever be with the Lord. What a glorious thought, folks, that we can ever be with the Lord. Looking forward to that time, and I know it's going to happen to us. I told Arlene a time or two, and I don't guess she'll listen to what I say. A lot of times she don't listen to what I say. Sometimes it's good that she doesn't. But I told her, I said, when I die, if you want to have a funeral, <laughs> I don't care whether they have a funeral or not. It don't make no difference to me. If you really want to have one, roll the casket in here in this church. Get somebody the king's messages or some good gospel singing group. Bring them in and let them sing gospel music for about an hour. You don't have to say a thing about me. If you, don't, if you know me, you know me anyway. If you come and don't know me, you don't need nobody telling you nothing about it. So it really don't matter. So just, just roam in here, sing songs for about an hour. Take me out to the graveyard. <laughs> Put this old body in the grave. And while I'm going down on the old rolling device, sing, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Wouldn't it be glorious to just sing that old song and praise God for all that he's done for us. Because from the first day, he heard my prayer. And I'm still praying tonight that more prayers will be answered. I'm still holding on to him that needs will be met. And he'll do it the way he wants to do it. What a God we're serving. What a Savior we're serving tonight. Well, I didn't aim to preach. I just want to make a few comments. But I get excited when I read about old Daniel. You know, the Bible said, you got to go. you got to stand your lot in the last day. i got a feeling we haven't heard the last of Daniel yet. But uh, be that as it may, that's another for another time. But Daniel, Daniel held on to God. In the three Hebrew children, what, what, a great, what a great story in the Bible. It's a great fact, not just a story. But tonight, there's prayers that need to be answered. We have needs. We have, we have needs. Somebody even wrote in one, and I'm not naming anything at all tonight, but somebody wrote in one, the Lord is coming back soon, and I need him more. The Lord is coming back soon, and I need him more. I love that. He is coming back. He is coming back. But so many have gone through some, so many things. Sister Linda, you have a daughter that really needs prayer. She really needs prayer. Only God can answer that prayer. We have people in here that have gone through so much. Ellie's gone through a lot with her children, and uh, she's held on to God. If you give up, you don't have anywhere else to go. He's, he's all you've got tonight. You've got to lean on him. Ashley's gone through a lot. Bless her heart. This little girl right here, sweet as she can be, 
She had a bad car accident a few years ago, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's left her uh, with some problems. But, you know, Ashley, Jesus is still real. He's still real. I read a little something she put on Facebook. She said, I like certain songs, certain songs, but she says, when they pull out the old hymns and start singing then, she says, then my soul is really blessed. Isn't that great coming from a young person like this? She said, when they pull out them old hymns from that old book and start singing them, then I really get blessed. And so many of you have gone through so much. You lost a daughter at a young age. Cyrus lost a son at a very young age. We've got people in glory tonight waiting for us, waiting for us. We've got to make it. We've got to make it. I'll tell you this little this, and then I'm going to have a prayer. Some of you knew Larry Hatchett and uh, Steve's brother. He had, a, he had a brother, Larry. And Larry and Steve, brother Willie Hatchett's two sons. Larry and Steve were always faithful to come to church after they moved down here, just faithful as they could be to come to church. Couldn't get Brother Willie in church, and uh, he, he just wouldn't come. Finally, the Lord got a hold of him. He gave his heart to the Lord. He and his wife started coming to church, faithful as he could be. Still is, except Sister Margaret right now is going through a terrible time in her life, and he's having to practically stay with her. But... Uh, Larry and, and his mother, Sister Margaret, worked the same shift in Alta Vista. I don't know where they worked. Did they work it? Anybody know? Huh? Well, whatever. They worked down there at the same shift. And Margaret always rode with Larry to work. But on this particular day, Margaret didn't go to work for some reason. I forgot now what it was that she didn't go, but she didn't go to work. So Larry left to go, and he walked out the door, and Margaret said, he turned around and came back in the door and looked in and says, Mama, I love you, and said he had never done that before. If she didn't go, said he'd just get out and go on. He said, Mama, I love you. He went out and got in his car. He had a habit of every evening coming in from work, stopping at the little service station down there, White Rock Service Station. You know where it is, Brother David, and... uh you probably know it's closed now. It's right where, right where 628 runs into 43 on this side of Alta Vista. He always stopped at that little store and got him a drink and drank it coming home. And that afternoon he stopped when he got off from work, got his drink. Some of them said they saw him pull out in the road, but they saw him look. But apparently something blinded him. He pulled out and was broadsided on his side of the car and killed instantly. I got the call. I think we was up at Waylene's for something. Somebody called me and told me what had happened. Said, you've got to go tell Sister Margaret. Willie wasn't even home. He's still at work in Alta Vista. Said, you've got to go, somebody's got to go tell Sister Margaret. That's one of the hardest things you could ever have to do. That's one of the hardest things to do. So we go down and took Arlene, and we took off down there right quick. We walked up to the, to the door. I knocked on the door. She, she was sitting in there. She said, come in. I walked in the door, I think in front of Arlene, and the first words out of her mouth was, it's Larry, isn't it? I said, yes, it is, Margaret. She said, he didn't make it, did he? I said, no, he didn't. She said, I, 
I felt it or I knew it or something like that. How she felt that, I don't know, but that's a mother's love. In a few minutes, Willie came in, and I met him on the outside, and he walked down the walk, and as he got pretty close to me, as close from me to, uh, I guess, maybe uh, Allison here, he looked up at me, and he said, Brother Wayne, I've got to go to heaven now. He said, there's too much there to miss it. I've got to go. I've got to go. He has been faithful ever since then, faithful as he could be. So we have got to go. We've got loved ones over there waiting. We've got to go. In the meantime, we're going to get God to answer some prayers because he said, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Seek and you shall find.